Hello and welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Fellowship of the Ring one frantic filled minute at a time. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. I'm Norman Mitchell. And today we'll be talking about Minute 42, which starts with But Through Me. And I know we said that it ended with it last week, but we were off by a few seconds. Like like a or like half a second. Not last week. Why do we keep saying last week? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what day it is anymore. <laughs> same bad time, same bad channel. <laughs> so it starts with the line, but through me, um, talking about the ring, you know, it would, it would wield a power too great and terrible to imagine, and ends with the line, and stay, dot, dot, dot. And we'll figure out where and staying is happening tomorrow. <laughs> but where does and stay go? <laughs> I love how overdramatic Gandalf is. He's a drama queen. He really is. <laughs> Through me, he would wield a power too great and terrible to imagine. Right. I just, it, it just, just expect him to do the whole like melodrama, hands in the air, fall to his knees. Well, it's very reminiscent of uh, Galadriel's speech later as well. Yes. Um, so they, I guess they really echo that. They don't really mess around with you know rings of power. No. <laughs> Both people that, that Frodo like blatantly offers the ring to in this movie, they're just like, Oh no. no. <laughs> Hold I up. would I would love to, but <laughs> but it's a big but. <laughs> no. So I think Frodo packs like you. Yeah. Just, just like throwing everything in a bag. In bag. Like it takes me like at least two days because I have to list everything out. I'm yeah. very methodical, but you're just like, all right, give me 10 minutes. And then you just like, like shove things right. in a bag. <laughs> all right. Roll up some shirts, uh, some pants, some underwear. I'm good. A loaf of bread, some apples. apples. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> apples half the size of my some head. Cheese. <laughs> this, uh, those apples are so big. They must be a prop. They have to be. I think so. But if the, I mean, there are apples that are that big. Right. But. I, I I feel like they, it was just easier to make, like, wax apples that were just, like, that size. Probably. I mean, they don't make hobbit-sized trees. They're not right. like bonsai trees. I mean, right. even if you have a bonsai tree, it still makes a full-size <laughs> apple. I've never seen a bonsai tree with, like, a piece of fruit hanging off of it. That'd be cool. Oh, there's a really great picture I saw at one point online, and it's a tiny bonsai apple tree, and it's just got an apple, like a full-size apple. it's, like touching the ground and the tree is growing this huge apple yeah that's cool it's this, putting forth so much effort in this little tiny tree yeah <laughs> to make an apple as big as itself right that's cool it's, it's pretty there's, a, there's a metaphor in there somewhere yeah plants man plants that greens department <laughs> at greens department <laughs> brian massey i like the lighting. what a guy i like the lighting in this um it's still dark and the fire light is flickering and it really really lightly but yeah the the lighting department did a really good job yeah it adds to the sense of urgency and mystery i think yeah um it's really cool gandalf has calmed down a bit from his paranoia from last minute he's not like twitchy to every little right. sound well now frodo understands the gravity of the situation so yeah. frodo's the one who's like freaking out and gandalf yeah. has to be the the calm one yes there's that big crack in Frodo's voice when he says, you know, but it can't stay here. Right. <laughs> and, it's uh, very convincing, even if it wasn't intentional. Yeah. Sounds very natural, which is the whole point. I mean, he's scared. Yeah. 
scared. I mean, Elijah Wood is like 18 or 19 when this was filmed. Right. So he very much is like a scared child <laughs> in his first big budget production. Right. Well, I don't think it's his first one. No, I don't think it's really like his first one. It certainly is. I'm sure. Because he was a child actor, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Wasn't he like Flipper or something? Probably. Oh, my God. Oh, man. Oh, Elijah Wood. The 90s. The 90s. <laughs> so I... this this scene's actually very close to how it goes down in the book. Mm -hmm. Although, you know, much more time goes by. The, the biggest difference here in this conversation is that in the book, Frodo very much makes the decision that he has to leave on his own without a whole lot of prompting from Gandalf. Gandalf's just like, no, 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 I can't take it. I can't take it. And then Frodo's like, but he can't stay here. So I guess I have to leave the Shire. Uh, and Frodo is the one who says, well, I guess my name won't be safe. Yeah. I think Gandalf, in the book anyway, doesn't want to feel responsible for another Baggins. Just up and <laughs> you leaving. make your own bad decisions. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not necessarily a bad decision because, yes, he's right. It can't stay there. Right. Uh, but I mean, also in the book, it takes him a few months to get everything together. Yeah. Cause he sells bag end and he buys another house. And Th this whole beginning section of the book from here to Weathertop is all very different. It's very leisurely. Yes. The, the timeline is anyway. And my favorite cut character adds to that. Yes. We will be talking about him very soon. Yes. In, in a week or two. I feel bad. Maybe for next week. Our guest. It might be next week, actually. Oh, no. And we have a guest next week. Yes, we do. <laughs> Someone is going to get subjected to me talking about Tom Bombadil. And to that, I apologize. <laughs> I love Tom. I know. I do, too. He but... belongs in the extended version of these movies, and he's not there. We'll talk about it. I don't want to get into it right now. <laughs> Shakes my fist at Peter Jackson. I love Tom Bombadil, but I don't think he would have fit. No. <laughs> it's very sad but it's true yeah but he's important anyway oh i like that part um like halfway through the minute where gandalf is telling him where to stay uh in yes. brie and he's rolling up or like folding up his shirt yeah like gandalf is a neat packer yeah he's Cause... gandalf is me you know you know rolling up stuff still trying to be quick but you know methodical and reasonable, and Frodo just yanks that shirt out of his hands, snaps it, and then shoves it back in the bag. And he's just like, okay, Brie. Thanks, I fam. <laughs> I don't understand why the like he took the effort to roll it up when it just got... I know, because Gandalf like is basically folding it. He's rolling it up pretty neatly. Yeah. And, but everything Frodo's shoving in the bag, except for the bread. The bread is the only thing he takes time on. Well, yeah, it's bread. It's bread. It looks but like, delicious. But like everything else that he shoves in the bag is just like, grab this shirt, roll it up in my hands, throw it in. Mm -hmm. These apples, just shove it in there between my pants. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, bread. Fold, 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 fold. Flip over in the bag lightly. <laughs> I just would, very gently I mean, handle the bread. It looks like a delicious little like... Like a little brown, nut bread. Brown bread. Brown bread. Looks like it's got like oatmeal and berries in yeah. it. Yeah. Looks delicious. I want hobbit food. Mm, bread. <laughs> bread makes you fat. That's a what? long movie. <laughs> Someone should do a minute podcast on that. What, Scott Pilgrim? Yeah. But That'd be fun. There, there's only the one. So? Yeah, I guess so. There's only one Goodfellas movie. That's true. <laughs> there's a Goodfellas minute. 
Um, we also get our first mention of Saruman in this minute, but he's not named. I will go to see the head of my order. He is both wise and powerful. Is, okay. He he, he will know what to do. Is that... Gandalf the... doesn't sound thoroughly convinced. No, he does. I think he, I think he is. Well, like... I Gandalf is also scared. Yes. And panicked. So but, he's like, all right, I'll go see Saruman. And I think, he, I, I think okay. he's also working through He's working through, through it that. in his own right Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, like, out of context, well, out of the, out of Lord of the Rings context and into, like, background and food stuff and Silmarillion and stuff between the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Gandalf at this time is already a little suspicious of Saruman, but he has no concrete evidence because he hasn't actually going to talk to him in a while. Mm -hmm. But he's, he's somewhat suspicious that Saruman has kind of abandoned his task because he doesn't really seem very active in combating Sauron and hasn't believed. Gandalf the last two times he's mentioned it. Well, now he has concrete evidence. Yes. He knows where the ring is. Yes. And he, I think, yeah, I think it's just um, reflex for him too. To be like, I have to go talk to Saruman. Yeah. Yeah, because Gandalf actually has self-esteem problems. Does he? He does. Gandalf, uh, the, the Maiar that is Gandalf, believes himself to be a weak, lowly Maiar who has never fit fit to be sent on this quest in the first place. What? Yeah. Same. Yeah, he, he believes that he never should have been sent on this quest. He was too weak to resist the temptations of Sauron. Well, I mean, yeah, he just proved himself. But that's how he feels about himself. So, like, him defeating the Balrog is like him proving to himself and to his creators that he was worthy of this quest in the first place. And that's why, and that's he why he's evolves. gifted as... That's why he's, like, gifted to be Gandalf the White. That's, like, part of it. Your wizard is evolving. Yes. So, like, that's part of the whole... That's some of the background stuff that has to do with Gandalf. He doesn't think very highly of himself. Huh. I wish I had known that prior to the first 40 minutes of this. Oh, I'm sorry. No, just just from... It's not your fault. It's just from, like, a... And, like, thinking like about... Like, a contextual standpoint. Right. Like, and thinking about some of his behaviors in the context of... A man with poor self-esteem. Yeah. That's why he hangs out with hobbits. And they make him feel great. Yeah. I'm so much bigger than them. He's awesome. He shows up. Look what I can with do. With fireworks and he's just ready to party. Yeah. That makes sense. That also mean, that also makes sense as to why he hangs out with Radagast all the time. Because Radagast is just crazy. Right. <laughs> him and Radagast just like to go get stoned in the woods. <laughs> That's just that's why he hangs out with Radagast. He's like, I don't want to think about life today, man. You got you got that good stuff. <laughs> and Radagast says, I've been trying out some new things, some splicing, some oh, some new some new plants. He's, a, he's the guy that experiments. He's got like the crazy hydroponic setup, <laughs> and he's like splicing like different different plants. He's got like it. a like a greenhouse inside of his weird little. Bear cave. He's or like, what if I cross lives? this with like a cherry tree? Right. <laughs> what? What? What if, what if I cross this with like some kind of flower and then I let bees pollinate it and like will the honey will the honey have an effect on me? Let's what? see what happens. That's like weird. Radagast just plays around with plants because you know he's a crazy plant and animal wizard. Yeah. Okay, that's true. What is Gandalf the wizard of? I don't know. I don't remember. I don't remember who his um. Who his, like, val uh, Valor Lord is. Because mm. they all have, like, a different portfolio. Yeah. Like, a different thing they kind of, like, watch over. I can't remember who... That's something to look up Who the wizards tomorrow. are attached to. Or next time. 
uh it's in it's at the very beginning of one of the sections of the Silmarillion where it talks about the Astari. Mm. It tells you like who what they're except for the blue wizards and the Silmarillion because they're not named in that. They were named in a much later work. Thank you for someone, by the way, asking about the Blue Wizards, which caused me to go look this up and actually find that out. <laughs> uh, I, I, re- I need to get my hands on the rest of the Histories of Middle-Earth books so I can read them. Yeah, we have... We have four of them, I think, and there are ten. There's ten? There's ten. Oh, my God. And three of them, it's either three or four of them, are about... Uh, largely contain notes that Tolkien wrote while concepting Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. And it's mostly about the journey of how those notes became the story is basically what like four of those are, I guess. Huh. So it's really interesting. Like letters and essays he wrote essentially only for his own benefit. Right. To like suss out the context of what he was writing. That's something And that to... would be really cool to like dig through. Yeah. Box sets of the histories of Middle Earth are relatively expensive. Because I don't know if they're all in. I don't think. I think, like, only a few of them are still even in print anymore. Because, like, they reprint Book of Lost Tales 1 and 2 all the time. Right. And, the and Lays of Valerian. Those are, like, the ones most people have, yeah. if they have some of them. And we have those ones, and I think we have one more. And then Unfinished Tales is, I think, separate from that. Mm. Which we also have a copy of, I think. I don't think so. I think I have a copy of Unfinished Tales. I know I have a copy of The Silmarillion in those three. That yeah. we mentioned. Yeah. Hmm. That's cool. That would be cool to look up for uh, Wizard Fight Week. Yeah. You'll look more into the, the Astari thing. Yeah. But yeah, you once you know that about Gandalf, you have to really think about a lot of his actions differently. Yeah. Because he doesn't come off the page, really, or in the film as like a person with really who doesn't think highly of himself. Yeah. So with that context, some of his actions make a little more sense. Well, Moria makes a lot more sense. Right. <laughs> like, I was just bagging on him for going up a mountain in the middle of winter, but that makes a whole lot more sense. So, yeah, I don't want to go near that thing. Yeah. Because <laughs> he doesn't... He doesn't necessarily know for sure that there is a Balrog in Moria, mm-hmm. but he's got a pretty good idea that there is. There's something down there. Yeah. And he wants no part of it. That makes sense. And, like, whether or not he knows for sure is something that kind of goes back and forth in some of the expanded Tolkien work. Mm-hmm. Because Tolkien sus- was sussing out a lot of stuff on his own when he was right. writing it. It's really interesting to kind of look at the evolution of Tolkien's world building mm-hmm. through some of, the, some of that stuff. It's really why I want to read those yeah. Histories of Middle-Earth books. The ones that Chris put out. Christopher yeah, put out. right. Well, Christopher's been putting all of them out. Yeah. They, they've all like been the published Silmarillion posthumously. Is, is that the only one that's not posthumous? No, Silmarillion was too, I believe. Okay. Silmarillion was... Uh, yeah, Silmarillion, I think, was edited and put together by Christopher. That's what I thought. If the copy of it was, in, it was within reach of me at this very moment, I would know for sure. <laughs> it's not today, but it is most days when I'm sitting here. Do we have anything else for this minute? Let's see. What else do we have for this minute? Oh, there's some cool little, uh, the backgrounds here, like the, the bag end set, we get to see a little more of it. It's mm-hmm. really cool because when they say in the commentary that there were hundreds of items in bag end, yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't feel like that in most scenes when you see it, but you're only seeing three rooms. Right. But now when Gandalf and Frodo are like running around and Frodo's packing, we see like the China racks, right. 
and all the plates and like other paintings and drawings on the walls. Because well, he's in the the kitchen, right? The larder. Yeah. 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 So we see a lot more of the props that like the prop department was talking about, which right. is cool. I like the look at some of the like stoneware plates. I They're like cool. the the slanted roof behind Gandalf that um towards the end of the minute, the you can see the brickwork. Yeah. Um it's very I mean it's very plain because it's supposed to be like a kitchen. Yeah. Or a hearth, but it's very well done. Yes. Also, like, the angle of that shot with the slanted roof behind him really helps make him look very big mm -hmm. in the space. This movie's so well put together. <laughs> and we mention that, like, every minute, but it's true. Every camera angle is, like, pretty well done. It's There's very only... specific. Yeah. They're, they're very, very particular. I mean, that's what comes of storyboarding it, like, five times. Yes. You know, five times is hyperbole. Ugh, hyperbole but at least twice yeah and like it's really cool because some of the scenes in the movie in the spe in the the special features of the dvd there is some of the previs stuff and some of the animatic right. storyboards which are really interesting to go watch for some of the big climactic scenes mm -hmm. and we we can talk about them when we get to some of them we should definitely watch them they're really cool but I yeah think, compare contrast yeah because for the most part there's like very few changes between those and like what went up in the movie. Yeah. Because that's even how he figured out like the camera angles. It's really astounding how clear his vision is from the beginning. Well, that's because he did the drawings from the angles he wanted to do. He built the miniatures before right. he did anything else and then ran around the miniatures with a handheld camera figuring right. out the angles he wanted on all the miniatures. And I honestly, the Hobbit movies suffer from a lot of things, but I think it suffers the most because... He, he didn't, didn't do that. Right. He didn't do all that because it wasn't, it wasn't going to be his. Yeah. So he didn't put the two years, three years plus before casting and filming right. into the movie that he put into this one. Because he picked up the project after it had been... Like written. Written cast? I don't know if it was after it was cast. Uh, but definitely some of the, the pre-production had already started. Yeah. Like all, I think most all the like prop and set work had already started. Yeah. So he was on, and probably the mapping out of digital effects had already started right. too. So he probably he he didn't have a whole lot of control over some of the visuals of the movie. Yeah. Which is a shame. We'll talk about those. We will. We will talk about them I, eventually. Yeah, I'm still kind of wavering back and forth, but the more. I don't know. Well, I, I, we'll I definitely think I think that we have to talk about them and we have to do like the let's talk about positive things as much as possible about them. Do you know how exercise. difficult that is for me? Uh, it can't be uh, the first one. No problem. Right. Except for the really long whatever council thing that is. So the white council yeah. or whatever. Whatever. But as we go. It's just going to be more and more, like, depressing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what it's like with the Star Wars prequels, kind of. Not really. Because I really... Maybe I'm maybe I'm incorrect, but I think that the second one is the worst of the three. Everyone thinks the second one's okay, the worst good. of the three. So I'm not wrong about this one. No. Good. I'm not wrong. I mean... I haven't... Why are we talking... We're talking about Star Wars again, but... It's hard not to. Yeah. There's so many similarities. <laughs> I mean, it's 
fantasy in space. As great opposed... initial trilogy, not so great prequel trilogy. Right. Um, I think that's that's it for today. Yeah, I think we're good. We're getting closer to Sam. We are. We're getting closer to Sam's reappearance. Like um, his magical appearing Sam. Right. <laughs> I'm. I hope they talk about it in the commentaries uh, more. I think, I don't remember if they do or not about like how they got that shot to work. We'll find out. Yeah. Because it's a really, it's just funny. We'll so, get there. We are from the website duelinggenre.com. Uh, you can email us, contact at lordoftheringsminute.com, Twitter at lotrminute, Tumblr, lotrminute.tumblr.com. We are on Facebook. We have an official Facebook page as well as a listener group, which you can join and add to the discussion. We've been having a lot of really great discussions this past week. So thank you very much, you guys, for being active in the community. And we really love hearing from you guys. Yeah. Um, if you have a moment, if you could leave us a five-star review on iTunes, that's very helpful. Uh, and you can check out, in the meantime, other podcasts in the Dueling Genre family. such which is as always growing. Well, not always. It's not like a like an amoeba or whatever. <laughs> I mean, in the last year, it's grown quite a bit. Yeah. Almost doubled. Yeah. It's pretty cool. But, yeah. Okay. Because we have a fellow Minute podcast. I'm getting there. Yeah. My goodness. Let me read the copy. I'm excited. Let me read it. No, okay. <laughs> so if you like Doctor Who, we have The Doctor's Companion, which I host with Scott and Nick, who have been guests on the show. Um, Scott and Nick host Back to the Future Minute. They're on a hiatus, but they have two movies worth of episodes for you to go check out. Scott, Nick, and I all write, produce, direct, everything but act. Well, Nick acts, actually, so never mind. Um, in Geek by Night. He's, um, a, he's some people's problematic fave. Yeah. I love Billy. Um, Geek by Night is our fictional audio drama about some 20-something nerds who get superpowers and own a comic book shop. And uh, brand spanking new on the site uh, yesterday, uh, Harry Potter Minute. I'm really pumped. Yeah. Yeah. I'm... I wish we wish them luck. In oh, their absolutely. Because <laughs> we have, you know, sit, three, maybe six movies, and they have eight movies. So yeah. <laughs> they'll be going for a while. And, uh, even uh, even if we do all six of ours, we're only going to be one, we're only going to wind up doing like another ninety minutes. Then they're eight, right? I think he said that once they're complete, like done with Harry Potter minute, it's going to be like the tenth anniversary of Fantastic Beasts. Yeah, like the ten or fifteen year anniversary of Fantastic Beasts, which comes out in like a week. No, this week. So that's crazy to think about. Yeah, it is crazy to think about it. <laughs> Wonder what I wonder what built-in hiatuses he has. I wonder what his timeline looks like. I don't know. I'm curious, but they just started. Because so. 1,200 episodes would only be three years if it actually came out every day, Monday through Friday. Yeah, but there's no way. Yeah. There's no way. We've talked yeah. about this before. Yeah, you have to take breaks. Anyway, so we are also on Patreon. If you are so inclined, which you can access from duelinggenre.com/support, we also have a one-time donation button on the site, as well as merch for our other podcasts, but not for the the uh, Harry Potter or this one yet. We are aiming to be out in time for Christmas, so so look for that. You know, if you want to wear a Lord of the Rings minute shirt to your Christmas party or whatever, yeah, like rep our podcast. <laughs> That's right. If you, if 
Well, we'll we'll get to that when we have merch. I mean, apparently one of our listeners keeps telling my sister she needs to listen, so. That's really funny. Um, she should be listening. I know. Why isn't she? I don't know. <laughs> you should listen. <laughs> and special thanks, as always, to our Patreon associate producer, Leaper182. And I hope you guys have a good Tuesday, and we will catch you guys tomorrow. Yeah. Bye. Bye.